uh, very nice to be here uh, with you uh, discussing a very important uh, subject today. And you bring a wealth of experience. Um, you recently arrived from the UK, having spent, was it 25 years in the UK? That's correct. That's correct. I've recently joined Amana Healthcare Centre as a consultant in physical medic- medicine and rehabilitation. Uh, I have worked in UK in NHS for the last uh, 25 years, uh, last uh, 12 years as a consultant in rehabilitation medicine in one of the uh, major trauma centre and university hospitals uh, in northeast of UK. Yeah, in Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd be interested to know how, I mean, I know you've been here just a short time, but according to these statistics, if we compare, uh, I mean, you know, for disability in the UAE, suffering a stroke is very high up there. Is it similar in the UK? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, the figures in UAE are very similar in terms of incidence uh, of stroke uh, as compared to other countries. Um, so let me uh, give you a few uh, figures um, so that we know how big the problem is. Uh, so in uh, UAE, um, every year, seven to 8,000 people are diagnosed uh, with a stroke, uh, which pretty much uh, comes to about... Uh, uh, a, a patient uh, uh, every uh, every hour. Wow. Okay. Um, and in in terms, if you compare it uh, uh, with other countries in terms of incidence, uh, um, as as compared to other countries, we are pretty much there. Uh, about hundred to hundred and twenty uh, uh, strokes uh, per hundred thousand population, uh, which compares uh, pretty well with uh, all the Western um, uh, countries. Uh, there is a one big difference uh, in uh, UAE as compared to other countries uh, is that uh, there is uh, increased uh, uh, incidence of stroke in younger population here uh, as compared to other countries. So, for example, 50% of stroke patients in UAE uh, are under 50 years of age, uh, which is a very startling uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, figure. And why uh, would that be, do you think? Um, I think as we discuss this further, uh, it's got to be related with the lifestyle, uh, with the risk factors, um, uh, and we'll uh, discuss that in more detail later on. Um, so high risk, uh, high incidence of diabetes, uh, obesity, um, and hypertension. Uh, so uh, you know, if you compare this figure where uh, 50% of stroke patients are under 50, compared it to Western world. Uh, there 80% of uh, patients are above 65. Mm, Interesting, isn't it? Absolutely. So let's understand what a stroke is. It's an interesting term, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, Somebody has a stroke. So what's happening to that individual? Yeah. And and to to explain it uh, in in lay terms, in simple, it's... uh, it's very similar to an, uh, a heart attack. So uh, it's, it's basically a brain attack. Um, and it is a sudden occurrence of permanent damage uh, to an area of brain, uh, which is caused by the blockage of blood vessels, uh, um, uh, either by a blocked vessel or bleeding into the brain. So that's how the ba- brain is starved of uh, blood uh, and starved of oxygen and the nutrients, which results in, in, in damage uh, to the brain. So in, in terms of how this affects the person, um, it depends what area of the brain is affected by that uh, blockage. 
and then it uh, it manifests itself in in different symptoms so it could be fatal it could be something that happens this brain attack to a part of the brain that could result in sudden death or death shortly after it could be something that happens to an individual i was reading just earlier of somebody that uh suffered a stroke and just 26 days later was out there jogging and running yeah. so it can be a mild paralysis or a, a disability or uh that affects you uh, so there's a big spectrum there absolutely. of what can affect how the, this can affect the body absolutely and you're absolutely right on that um, uh, there is a portion of patients who actually die of stroke uh, either Im- immediately or within the first one month or within the first year uh, but on the other end as you are rightly saying uh, if the area of the brain that is affected is not that large it can uh, uh, manifest itself in some symptoms uh, uh, which are mild and uh, it is very interesting to say uh, there are studies which show that about 28% of patients would have a stroke without knowing it. Right, interesting. So the sum- sometimes sy- symptoms are so subtle like a little bit of confusion, uh, a little bit of weakness or numbness here or there and people don't take any notice of that. So uh, it's about uh, 28% which is quite a significant uh, number as well. Well let me share this story with you. Uh, during a barbecue a woman stumbled and took a little fall. She assured everyone that she was fine. They in fact offered to call uh, medical uh, support. She said she just tripped over a brick because of her new shoes. While she appeared a bit shaken up uh, she went about enjoying herself the rest of the evening. Then her husband called later telling everyone that his wife had been taken to hospital and had passed away she'd suffered a stroke at the barbecue had they known how to identify the signs of a stroke perhaps this lady would be with us today Uh, a neurologist says that if you can if you can get to a stroke victim within three hours um, you can totally reverse the effects of a stroke would you agree with that absolutely and i I think there's another aspect that uh, i want to bring here um, and it is uh, 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 something we'll call a transient ischemic attack. Uh, so it is just like a stroke-like event, but the symptoms resolve in, within the first 24 hours. So unless you are very aware that that can be uh, a stroke-like event, you can actually ignore it. And, and the importance of transient ischemic attack is that if somebody has uh, s- such the event, then the risk of having a stroke is is very very high so they have increased risk up to eight percent to develop a stroke uh, within the first uh, month after the transient ischemic attack and the risk is around thirty percent in in five years so it is like a warning warning uh, signal Uh, coming to this uh, lady you're absolutely right Um, if if the, the the major I think thing is very early diagnosis and medical attention because what we're trying to do is make an early diagnosis and we're trying to prevent the effects of the brain damage as quickly as we can, especially within the first three hours. And, and so that period is, is very, very important. Stroke is the second leading cause of disability in the UAE. But if treated in a timely manner and with proper rehabilitation, a person could eventually return home and as close to their previous level of function and participation as possible. Um, so it's all about early detection, recognising the signs of when somebody might be, or even yourself, might be suffering with a stroke. It's like a brain attack is how it's been described. Have Dr Khalid Anwar, consultant of physical medicine, 
and Rehabilitation at Amana Healthcare, based in Abu Dhabi. Interesting looking at some of the famous people that have actually died of a stroke. So Winston Churchill, the actor Cary Grant, Richard Nixon. I guess it I think growing up in the UK, for me, I associated, and actually family members, friends of family, when I was really little, and they were really, what I would think at that age, really old, uh, died of a stroke. And they would have been, and it was the days of, you know, smoking, uh, maybe there was alcohol involved, and uh, they would pass away from a stroke. And this would be, you know, in their 70s or 80s. But that's not necessarily the case, is it, doctor, that actually a stroke can affect anybody, actually, the young as well as the old. Absolutely, you're absolutely right there. Um, it can affect anybody. Um, and as I was saying before, especially in this country, there's a high incidence of uh, people having stroke at younger age group. Um, and uh, we, we're going to talk about, uh, we'll talk about risk factors uh, in a minute. Um, uh, it is true to say uh, that the incidence is much more uh, as we grow old. Um, so there's no denying that fact. But uh, also, uh, it can happen to anybody. So symptoms to look out for, because as we're highlighting this morning, early detection is really key to uh, not only saving somebody, but also reversing some of the effects of a stroke. Yeah, absolutely. And and so early diagnosis is, is so important. And for, 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 for that to happen, it is important that the people the family, the friends around that person are quite aware of the symptoms. So that is so, so important because if they can recognize the symptoms and uh, refer that patient uh, to a medical facility as soon as possible, then, uh, uh, you know, the prognosis is, 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 is better. Um, so uh, if you look at the symptoms, uh, uh, weakness uh, of any limb uh, uh, is is the most common symptom. So that's the some, uh, something to look for. Uh, and then uh, second is the speech impairment, uh, uh, followed by uh, visual loss uh, and confusion. So sometimes uh, the symptoms are very subtle. The person becomes confused uh, a little bit. So you have to have uh, you know a high index uh, of suspicion to to to, to ju- just look at the situation again. Um, so, uh, for general people, uh, I think uh, to make things easier, um, we have a principle which we call uh, FAST. Um, and so, as I said, uh, the most common symptom is uh, is the weakness. So, uh, 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 and so it can be weakness of the facial muscles or the arms. Uh, so, with the FAST, you look at the face and see if there is any droop. Uh, you compare the, the two sides. Uh, and and you look for the droop on one side as compared to the other. Uh, then you can ask uh, the person to raise uh, both their arms. If there is uh, uh, quite a significant uh, weakness, they won't be able to raise one of their arms. Uh, if there is subtle weakness, then you are looking at a drift of that arm uh, upwards. Uh, so that is a sign that uh, something is not right. Um, and uh, and then we come to the speech. So you ask the person to repeat a sentence, and if there is any difficulty with the speech, any dysarthria, or they have difficulty to, uh, saying that sentence, then you know that something is, is, is not right. So if any of these symptoms you find, you don't need to find all of them. It's any of them you, you think is there, then the thing to do is to ring the emergency services and get that person 
uh, to a medical facility as soon as possible. What about the person that's going through this, though? Yeah. I mean, how, can you identify for yourself that you might be having a stroke? Yeah. How does it? How do you feel? Yeah, and and uh, for that person themselves, they will know that something is is wrong. So maybe um, they are unable to move a limb. Uh, they they detect some weakness. Uh, they feel their speech is not right. Uh, they're a little bit confused. The balance is not right. Uh, things like that. Or if they develop uh, tingling, numbness in in one of the limbs, uh, 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 that uh, you know that might be a sign. The other thing is that as as we were saying before, um, uh, you know it, it can happen because of either the blockage uh, of the artery or because of the bleed. So if somebody has a bleed. Uh, type of stroke, then they will have a uh, very severe headache and sometimes it's associated uh, with nausea or vomiting and sometimes uh, they, 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 they become a little bit dizzy. And for you at your facility at Amana Healthcare Medical and Rehabilitation Hospital, you're, you know, you're working with people after the effects of a stroke, but who are you seeing coming through the doors? I mean, you've touched on, you know, if you are, you know, certain lifestyle uh, factors could affect you being more susceptible to a stroke. So talk through some of those uh, lifestyle factors. Yeah, and so if we if talk about uh, what we in medical terms call the risk factors, um, so there are certain factors that you can modify and there are certain factors that you cannot modify. So um, it is a well-known fact that the risk of uh, um, the stroke is more in males as compared to females. You can't change that. Um, as I said, uh, the risk increases as we all grow old, so that's something you can't change. Um, if you have a family history of strokes, uh, then you have more chances of, of developing a stroke, so that, that's something uh, you can't change. But there are a lot of uh, risk factors which are uh, major risk factors that you can modify or change. Uh, the, the biggest risk factor for uh, stroke is high blood pressure, uh, which can result both in a blocked artery and as well as can cause a rupture uh, of or a bleed in the brain. So to give you a figure that if uh, there is uncontrolled blood pressure, then uh, you are at increased risk of having a stroke, which is sevenfold as compared to a person who hasn't got uh, high blood pressure. And so if we back up from that, then leading causes to suffering from high blood pressure uh, could be obesity, Absolutely. could be, um, you know, if you're a smoker, yeah. um, even if you're pregnant. You know, they're all uh, factors possibly that could lead to high blood pressure, which in effect could lead to a stroke. Absolutely. And, and so, um, uh, so I think uh, that leads to the lifestyle. Um, but just mentioning a few other risk factors, diabetes, um, uh, hyperlipidemia, uh, the cholesterol, high cholesterol. Um, you touched upon smoking, um, excessive alcohol consumption, uh, uh, obesity. Um, and also not forgetting heart conditions. Uh, and that links in with smoking as well because that is a major risk factor for ischemic heart disease, which in turn is a risk factor for, for a stroke. So they're all interconnected mm. with your lifestyle. I was reading other things actually where you can confuse the symptoms, um, particularly in the fast-paced life that we're living, many of us are living, and where you might be suffering stress, it could be confused to being uh, symptoms of a stroke. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and that's why it's so important that you, ha you look at your lifestyle um, and have a, a, a good uh, lifestyle. So, you know, if you're a smoker, consider uh, cutting down on smoking. Uh, if your weight is uh, on the higher side, 
then you need to reduce your uh, weight. And I, I, I put up an interesting statistics in front of uh, uh, the listeners that uh, if you do the lifestyle changes, it may prevent stroke in about 70% of the stroke patients. So 70% of strokes can be prevented if you if you have a, a better life, uh, lifestyle. And in, in considering UAE, uh, talking about still talking about the risk factors, uh, and we talked about increased incidence in younger population, um, 18 to 20% of population in UAE is obese. And 20% of population has diabetes mellitus. So two major factors. Uh, for, and that explains why we have this uh, stroke in younger population. And why you have such a facility, the Amana Healthcare Medical and Rehabilitation Hospital, um, which is a dedicated unit to uh, the rehabilitation of uh, patients who have suffered from a stroke. So the fact that's been opened just earlier this year yeah. indicates the need for such a place in our community. Just, you know, really quite alarming uh, statistics, really, for the UAE. So seven to 8,000 people per year uh, will suffer from a stroke in the UAE. And often it's to do, and, and, and also interesting for this part of the world, it's happening younger, so under 50 years of age, uh, as well as uh, over. Um, and more and more cases of younger people suffering from stroke. And it could be hereditary, it could be lifestyle factors that are contributing to somebody suffering from what has been described as a brain attack. And when this happens, whether it's a blood clot, whether it's a break of flow uh, to the brain, how this affects the body, so whether it's a slurring of speed, or a droop of the one side of the face, a weakness in the arms. Uh, it could be headaches. There's various ways of identifying uh, a stroke. Sometimes it's very subtle. Sometimes it could be more obvious. And it can happen as well. Just having a trauma to the head might bring on a stroke. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, uh, there are incidences uh, where uh, that, can, uh, that can happen. Um, uh, for example, if you have a trauma to the neck uh, and uh, one of the blood vessels get injured, you get thrombosis in, in that blood vessel, that can result in disruption of blood flow, uh, which we call dissection of an artery. Uh, and that can result uh, in, in a stroke, yeah. Uh, lifestyle, smoking, drinking, obesity, these all could be contributing factors. And we are going to be talking in more depth about smoking, the effects of tobacco on our health after 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, messages coming in, one here from George saying, a friend of mine, 34 years of age, suffered a massive stroke eight years ago and is almost in a vegetative state since then. Will he ever recover or at least partially recover now the term vegetative state uh, that's a medical term what does that actually mean doctor yeah um, uh, first of all uh, I'm very sorry to hear uh, from this listener um, uh, that his friend suffered a, a very massive uh, stroke and that's what we discussed earlier that you can have a range of severity and it looks like that uh, this unfortunate person had a very massive stroke which has uh, resulted in a vegetative state as at the age uh, of 26 as, as well exactly. 26 um, years of age and so in 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 uh, medical terms uh, we have classified um, uh, such um, in, uh, instances uh, as uh, we classify them as disorders of consciousness so these patients uh, are basically uh, unconscious and uh, sometimes unconscious sometimes they are awake but unaware um, uh, so, uh, and and, the, and it's because uh, of the massive damage uh, to the brain structures. 
Um, in terms of prognosis, uh, as asked by the uh, listener, um, in general terms, uh, after a stroke, I'm mean, not talking about such massive strokes, but after a stroke, um, you see the maximum uh, or a very fast improvement within the first three months. Uh, most of the recovery takes place in the first six months. Uh, that's a general term, uh, but everybody is different, and some people uh, have a different uh, rate of recovery. Uh, as uh, Tomov, uh, as a rule, we say that uh, most of the recovery takes place within the first year. So, in uh, when we're talking about this gentleman who had a very massive uh, stroke, and it looks like that uh, he's in uh, what we call a low awareness uh, state. Uh, and it is uh, eight years after the event, um, it is uh, very unlikely that we'll, say, uh, we'll see a major change in his, uh, unfortunately, I have to be honest mm. there. But there are so many things we can do for him uh, to try to make uh, his quality of life uh, better. And is a facility for such a patient here in the UAE? if you're in a long-term vegetative state. Yeah, and I think the important thing with these patients, the patients uh, in lower in state, is a proper assessment at the very beginning. Because uh, unless the patient is in a very specialized unit where there are professionals who have experience in assessing these patients, because uh, a lot of times they are misdiagnosed, uh, they're classified as in a vegetative state or a minimally conscious state, uh, these are all a spectrum of low awareness states. Uh, and so unless you are in a very specialized unit that, that, and you have a proper assessment, um, then uh, sometimes uh, mistakes can be made in the diagnosis. Uh, so sometimes even though patient is not able to communicate, uh, the patient is aware. So they are not in a vegetative state. I think that's the most important mm, thing to do. And that's, that's the role of mm. these very specialized uh, units where you have a team of physicians, occupational therapists, physiotherapists, specialist rehab nurses, uh, neuropsychologists who work as a team. And then there are assessment protocols they go through uh, spread over a period of six weeks to three months where actually a proper assessment of the awareness state is made. Certified nurse that's text in, Monica, saying, what's happening with people in the UAE after the stroke? Um, you know, where can they recover and receive the therapy that they need? Well, that's what you do in your uh, hospital. That's a specialised unit. Um, she goes on to say, for therapy, you need graduate nurses and equipment to help them. And I'm afraid that these people stay inside and get help from, you know, uh, a nanny or a carer. Mm -hmm. But that's not what they need. They need proper uh, specialised therapy yeah and, and I think that's a very very valid and very important point to make um, uh, uh, what I can say is that there's so much evidence in literature where um, it is now very very clear that the outcome of patients of strokes are much better in dedicated stroke rehab units as compared to the patients who are looked after on general medical wards so let's clarify then uh, somebody is diagnosed as having a stroke and it could be along the spectrum of how severe that stroke is treatment and rehabilitation so uh, what are some of the options and what are some of the uh, processes that one might go through yeah absolutely and so i think uh, the first of all 
is the acute management of the stroke. And we talked about we need to get these patients to the dedicated stroke units as quickly as uh, possible. So what we're trying to do is trying to prevent the damage to the brain. Um, just to uh, you know, illustrate my point, um, after a stroke, uh, we lose 2 million uh, nerve cells every minute. And there are billions of those in our brain, but a delay of few minutes can be so important. So uh, dedicated stroke units is the first step where they get the initial treatment. Um, uh, you know, they try to unblock the arteries by giving intravenous drugs. Sometimes they use surgical procedures. And the idea is to restore the blood supply to the brain as quickly as possible. And so we are preventing the damage. So that's the acute uh, phase, which usually lasts from 7 to 10 days. Now, the, the next stage is the acute rehabilitation, which we call post-acute rehabilitation. That's where my unit um, uh, comes into play. Um, and then uh, following that is the community rehabilitation uh, and secondary prevention. Now, all these things are not necessarily exclusive at any one point. So my point is that in, even in acute care, the acute rehab should start at the same time. And also the secondary prevention starts with the acute care as well. So all these things are going simultaneously. Uh, but the, the, the important thing with rehab is that once they have their acute care uh, finished, then they need to be in a dedicated post-acute stroke unit or rehab unit where there is a team which is specializing in, in working with these patients. And so the basic idea is the assessment of the impairments so we know what the, the deficits are. Uh, and then the team works uh, 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 with the patient to restore optimal functional levels uh, and to prevent any complications. And talking to Dr. Khalid Anwar, consultant of physical medicine at re- and rehabilitation at the Amana Healthcare. And interesting to note, uh, this f- hospital was opened earlier this year and uh, you're a member of the National Stroke Association's Stroke Centre Network and the only healthcare provider in the UAE that is a member. And that's important to know that you come with you such credentials and associations absolutely and and it i think reassures everybody that uh, we are uh, complying with the international standards uh, it's uh, practicing an evidence-based medicine and being part of this uh, you know stroke association uh, confirms that um, and so we are very proud um, uh, to uh, set up this service, uh, which is uh, a, a, a post-acute uh, rehabilitation service, uh, uh, which caters for uh, post-acute strokes as well. And you've worked in Saudi Arabia. You've spent a lot of time working and practicing in the UK. And you were, you've just recently uh, arrived here, just a few months ago. What would you say, Dr. Khalid, has been some of the biggest developments in the area of rehabilitation and almost prognosis, I suppose, when it comes to suffering from a stroke? Yeah. I think for, for, for me, I think the biggest development is, is, is uh, in, for, uh, I'm talking about the rehabilitation of these stroke patients, is, is not the technology. It's the uh, realization uh, that rehabilitation is as important, if not more important, after the acute care. 
Um, and so uh, if you look at the world, um, the different countries have set up their different systems. Uh, and for me, the biggest uh, improvement is the development of dedicated stroke rehabilitation units, the formation of multidisciplinary teams, uh, development of expertise in looking after these patients. Um, and so uh, that's the biggest. There are different systems in the world. Uh, for example, in the United Kingdom, um, it all comes under stroke services. So they, there's an acute stroke unit uh, followed by uh, stroke rehabilitation units, all looked after by the same team. In the United States, the system is a bit different. They have acute stroke units, and then they have dedicated rehabilitation centers where patients get access to. For me, it's not that important how you set up the system. What's important is that the patient gets that timely service uh, at the right time. The timing is very, very important. Well, a message here, and somebody's brother, the le- our listener's brother, had a stroke, uh, and he was 49 years of age, and it was a bleed, and now he needs an operation, and we've been told that a general anaesthetic could be dangerous for him. What are your thoughts on this? Um, it is uh, difficult uh, to express any opinions without knowing um, the the full details of what happened uh, and the underlying cause of the bleed, I can uh, guess. Um, uh, I would think uh, probably there is an underlying uh, vascular malformation in terms of aneurysm or uh, arteriovenous malformation, which needs to be sorted out. And I think probably that is why the surgery has been uh, um, suggested. And I would then uh, suggest that uh, the patient, the family, uh, sit down with the supervising consultant and the anesthesia people and go through the risk and benefits uh, of the procedure. Why might there be a risk, though, of anesthesia? Because of the brain? Uh, I don't think necessarily brain. But I think uh, probably there will be other comorbidities. So a patient might have uh, hypertension, uh, diabetes, uh, general condition of the patient, uh, cognitive state of the patient. So all those things, uh, I think, uh, need to be taken into account when you are considering uh, the risk. And again, as we say so often on Eye on Health, do talk to your medical professional, your consultant, your advisor, your practitioner. Ask questions if you're not sure. Don't feel that you can't ask questions. It's really important that you feel that you've got all of the information. So whatever happens in the future, you know that you've been well informed and you've, you've made choices based on having all the knowledge presented to you. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's what we call an informed consent. So uh, the patient should be given all the pros and cons of a procedure. Uh, obviously, with any surgical intervention, there are going to be some risks. Uh, and so they, they, th- those, all those things need to be laid out in open for the patient, the family, uh, to make a, a very informed decision uh, on, on, on the basis of the information that they have. And there's a couple of questions here, kind of debunking myths, maybe, uh, what people have heard about strokes or, you know, identifying a stroke or treating a stroke. One person here saying they had an app stating that the first thing to do after a stroke is to um, let draw blood from the fingers uh, before moving the patient. I think that's what they're saying. It could be a typo. We have many of them on our tech system as they come through. Um, does that uh, ring any bells with you, what that might be? Yeah, very interesting suggestion uh, i think uh, i'm guessing ag- again here um, uh, 
Uh, probably uh, he might be talking about uh, um, uh, checking blood sugars uh, in a diabetic patient. So if a diabetic patient uh, become a little bit weak, a bit confused, uh, sometimes their speech would go. The first thing to do in that situation would be to make sure that you have checked the blood sugars. And if the blood sugars are low, then that can be treated very quickly. And uh, somebody here saying, not sure if you've already spoken about this, but what about making a big noise or cough to stop a stroke? <laughs> right. Have you heard of that before? Very interesting. I haven't heard this, one. <laughs> I must confess. Uh, I, I don't think the, the, that is uh, something you, sh- you should be doing. No. Uh, and and if, please tell us more where you heard that from. But uh, I think you need to rely on more... Um, sort of, I don't know, medical-based supported advice and uh, you've given out quite a lot in this hour. There's some here. If you are concerned as a bystander about somebody and want to recognise a stroke, then you could ask three simple questions. Um, Ask the individual to smile. Ask the person to talk and speak a simple sentence. Uh, Ask him or her to raise both arms. If he or she has trouble with any one of these tasks, then call the emergency emergency number immediately and describe the symptoms to the dispatcher to the person on the phone uh, another thing here and we've posted up all of these on our website you can check out our blog post and our health page at dubai today on dubai i1038.com um, stick out your tongue now is this something that could help identify whether you're having a form of a stroke how you stick your tongue out yeah uh, uh, that is also very interesting and uh, uh, and in some occasions it 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 might help um uh, it uh, the symptoms of stroke uh, depends uh, uh, where the disruption of blood supply to the brain is and so those areas which control the tongue uh, if they they're affected then you lose control of the tongue movements um uh, so that is a possibility, but uh, what I uh, would suggest is that uh, when you ask somebody to speak, uh, they're using the tongue to speak, uh, and so if there is some uh, difficulty with tongue movements, then you would have a very slurred speech. So that is uh, uh, something that we've already talked about. Mm. And now if you've missed any part of the show, you know you can pick up the podcast later on on our website. Uh, our podcast will go up by uh, mid-afternoon. Um, one here, I don't know if you can help with this. Uh, it's quite technical for me. I hope I get this right. Uh, my father had a craniotomy. Craniotomy. Could be. Yeah. Uh, in January, which led to a secondary bleed. Uh, he's recovered physically but has aphasia. He's now in constant extreme pain due to spondylitis. Uh, Can he undergo a surgery for spondylitis uh, so soon after suffering such a thing? Uh, Very difficult to um, say anything until you go into details. Uh, First of all, we don't know why he had the craniotomy, so there must be something underlying there which we are not aware of. and I'm sorry to hear that he had a secondary bleed causing uh, with aphasia, which is difficulty with speech. Uh, so obviously it has affected that part of the brain, uh, which uh, is uh, uh, responsible for uh, speech. Uh, problem with uh, spondylitis uh, uh, resulting in pain is entirely a different uh, issue. Uh, so I would suggest uh, uh, you to uh, sit down with your supervising consultants 
to go through the pros and cons and the options uh, that are available. Uh, but there are options available. Absolutely. There, there are so many things uh, and options uh, would be available. So uh, if pain is, uh, if even if we can't undertake any surgery or it is not useful, then we can look, look at uh, pain control uh, measures. Right. It, can it be an issue having surgery so soon after a second bleed or a stroke? Yeah, and uh, uh, normally it's uh, advisable not to have a major surgery after, and you normally give yourself uh, three months before you would consider any surgery. But as I said, uh, without knowing the patient, without knowing the medical details, uh, I won't be able to uh, say anything on that. Uh, the one interesting one here regarding flying, uh, if you're flying long distances, can that have a bearing on uh, maybe suffering a, a stroke? Uh, one of our listeners is saying that their husband suffered a stroke after flying for 34 hours, although there were changes in the flight schedule. You know, it wasn't 34 hours continuous, but still en route, 34 hours of travel, um, and he suffered a stroke. Is this something we need to be aware of? Um, what I think we need to be aware of is the uh, the the risk of uh, developing thrombosis in legs um, because you're not moving around. There is uh, stasis of blood in the lower limbs, uh, and it is a well-known risk. And therefore, uh, you know, all the measures where you move about, uh, you don't uh, uh, stay still on your seat for a long time. You do some calf exercises while you're sitting in the in your seat is advisable. Uh, with respect to uh, developing a stroke after a very long uh, flight, um, uh, you know, it, it is possible, but uh, uh, to to develop a, a strong link, um, I think it is uh, difficult. Sorry, it is, there is a connection? It, it, there's no connection. There's no, uh, there's con- no connection. connection. There is no connection. But uh, as I said, uh, you know, uh, you can develop stroke at any time. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. That, okay. Uh, but there is no clear link between a long flight and, and a stroke. Dr. Khalid Anwar, Consultant of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at Amana Healthcare. Thank you very much for your time today. And uh, we've posted up details of Amana Healthcare on our website. If you want to connect and find out more about the work they're doing there in the rehabilitation after a stroke or head injury or surgery, trauma or serious illness. So for now, Dr. Khalid, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, thank you for having me here.